but only like, what, an eighth of an inch or something. I look up to you, buddy. <laughs> How you doing? How many of you washed your car in the last couple of days? How many of you, it really needed it? Yeah, okay, me too. It felt good just to get it clean, and you just hope it doesn't snow for a while. It might have some dry weather this week, it looks like, and so that's kind of fun. We are so glad that you're here at Timberline, and we've been having a lot of fun. I had an interesting thing at tradition service this morning. Let me just do it like this. How's that look? You like that? I was told by someone that I had my coat buttoned on the wrong buttons. Uh, like a couple of weeks ago when I was preaching. I don't remember that. So I thought I'd just wear it like this today to show you I really don't care. <laughs> I think it's nice when people tell you when it's actually happening, though, and not after the fact. So uh, thank you, Myrna Schwent, for uh, keeping that a secret. So when you see Myrna, just give her a good slap and say, that's in the name of Jesus, okay? <laughs> So anyway, we're having fun. It's been a great time the last few weeks. I've really enjoyed Isaiah 43:19. It's been a, it's actually been a pretty big learning curve for me, and and just some things that I've personalized in my own life that I want to do better, and I want to not just do better, do better, but I want to live in that place with God that He wants me to be living in, and I want so bad, I want that for you, and and as a church, as His blessing is so on uh, us as a body and. And we're trying to just put him first and Lord of everything we do. I, I really want you to open your heart today because I've the, this series is called A New Day. We wrap it up today. We've been taking Isaiah 43, 19, just one verse, one actually line at a time. And today has to do with this wasteland that God is talking about when he's talking to Isaiah. He makes this incredible statement about how he... And uh, only he really can create rivers in that dry wasteland. Last weekend we talked about the path, what it means to be on a pathway. And um, I am so happy that God can create a path to get us out of our mess. But not only that, he replenishes what we had lost. He restores us. I, I love that about God. Some people don't view God that way. Did you know that? They view him as a God who's ready to hit him with a bat and catch him in a sin and looking around. But God wants to restore you. God wants to help you if you're in the wilderness. Um, Brian Ehrlich, a part of our church family last weekend, gave me a quote after the 10 o'clock service, and I want to share it with you. I've been sharing it all weekend. It has to do with why it's important for us to get out of the wilderness. And he didn't know who it was, and so I wish I could give credit to whoever said this, but it's a powerful quote about the wilderness. Listen carefully to what it says. Along the path through the wilderness lie the bleached bones of many who stopped to rest along the way and there, fully rested, died. Just thinking about those words kind of push it in my brain that it's okay to rest once in a while, but these people rested one day too long. There are reasons why we cannot live in the dry wasteland. There are reasons why the children of Israel needed to get out of the wilderness. And God wanted to help them and provide for them. And they didn't always view Him as that kind of a God. I, I love what happened this week. Our, our daughter and son-in-law, Brent and Erica, 
have kind of a godson who's a great little kid. His name is Nathan. Some of you know Craig and Renee Woodall. I don't know where you guys are, but they, they're a great family and several kids. And Nathan's three. And I love, I love three-year-olds anyway because you never know what they're going to say. But they usually get it like half right. You know, it's just cool. And, uh, and so he had never been to Chuck E. Cheese his whole life, which I think that's kind of like child abuse myself. So Craig and Renee, uh, Craig and Renee better get with it. So Brent and Erica decided they were taking Nathan to Chuck E. Cheese. And uh, he was all excited. He had, he'd heard his friends talking about Chuck E. Cheese's and, and all, all the stuff they do there. So they go in and his eyes are real big and he's looking around. And all of a sudden, Chucky, who is a great big ma- a mouse. How, how many of you know this? Okay. He's a big mouse. He came out. And Nathan's eyes got real big and he said, I've never seen Chucky Jesus before. <laughs> <laughs> Do you get that? Jesus like Jesus Christ. I've never seen Chucky Jesus before. Eric and Brent cracked up, and when Chucky came closer, Nathan just ran over to him and threw his arms around him and just held on to this big mouse around the neck, and he wouldn't let him go. And he's like 60 seconds just holding on to him. And finally, when he let go of his hands, he, looked, he leaned up into his ear, and he said, I love you, Chucky Jesus. sometimes when I run into my father's arms I'm not sure I'm not sure that I have his identity the way it should be he is a God who loves me he is a God who cares about you he is a God who doesn't want you to be afraid and he steps out here and look at Isaiah 43 19 and let me just read these four lines to you that we've been talking about these past few weeks for I am about to do something new See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through, I love that word, through the wilderness. And then today, I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. We, we need to talk about this for a few minutes because the idea of wasteland or wilderness is usually in the Bible a place of desolation. It's a place of sorrow. It's often a place of loneliness. It's a place where sometimes people do go to die, hoping to die. But it's also a place where God shows up. And, and as we look at it today, I just want us to keep in mind that it's God alone who can bring the river to the wasteland of our lives. Number one in your outline If you're taking notes today, I want you to just write these words down. The idea of rivers and water. The concept of rivers and water is a biblical concept. There are many there are many times in scripture in which water or rivers or rain is used in almost a prophetic sense of the spirit of God. Uh, the psalmists talk about the, the rivers of God, how they flow, the rains that, that come down. I, I grew up singing a song uh, there is a river that flows from deep within. Anybody know that song? A fountain. Okay, a few of you do. Not very many. We will not try to sing it together. Okay, just so you know. But I remember singing that song and thinking, what you know? What does that mean? There is a river that flows from. It's the river of God, and and how God can bring water to a place that's dry and parched. Our our son lives in Scottsdale, which is kind of the 
the area right outside of Phoenix, and that whole metro Phoenix area is a big desert. How many of you have been there or been through there? And you want to be careful not to be there in July or August, okay? It's hot. But what's so amazing to me is you go there and there's all these beautiful golf courses. For one reason, they can have green grass there. What is it? Water. And when they pour the water on that, they can grow that green grass. And it's amazing what water does in a desolate place, in a desert. That water makes a difference. That's why I love this analogy of God speaking to the Israelites and saying, look, not that you deserve it, but I'm God and I love you anyway. I'm going to make a pathway for you out of here. And I'm also, I'm going to put rivers in the dry wasteland. I'm going to fill you up anew and you're going to be refreshed after I get done with you. It's amazing what God does. Jesus shows up in John chapter 4 at a well. It's a familiar story. You know the story. We call it the woman at the well. The Samaritan lady. Remember this story? And Jesus starts talking with her. And they start talking about water and what she's doing there at this time of day. And, and he makes this amazing statement. He says basically to her, If you drink that water, you'll get thirsty again. But I have water that if you drink up this water, you'll never thirst again. What does that mean? That means that there is a reservoir that God gives us, that He provides, that is different than anything else on this earth. It is a spiritual truth. When God promises to make rivers in a dry wasteland, it means that none of us are exempt from that blessing. It means that no matter how low you have gone, how dry or parched you are, God is still able to put a river in your life. He's able to bring moisture back to you. I love that about God. Number two in your outline. So how can I identify wasteland in my life? Here's some factors that create the dry wasteland. Now this wouldn't be that important. I almost took this whole section out and went a different direction. But I really think it might be valuable if we take some time once in a while to say, how did I get here? And what are some tendencies in my life to end up in the wasteland? Because we talked briefly last week about this, but I'm going to break it open even a little more. What am I doing in my life? What are you doing in your life to end up in a dry wasteland place? And, and can you avoid some of those things? I, I think you can avoid them. But I'd put some thoughts and possibilities down here, all right? Number one is, and believe me, there's more than three, but I just put three down. When reality is different than the dream, maybe the dream that I expected, that can create a dry wasteland in my life. When things don't turn out the way I hoped they were supposed to, but I had this dream, and now the reality is that's not going to happen. And what happens is there's this gap right there that's created between my expectation of what God put in my heart to do, and now it's not happening the way I assumed it would happen. And that can be frustrating. And sometimes I end up mad at God. Let me give you a few simple examples that I've seen in people's lives before. It's kind of like buying your first home, and you're so excited and you move in and 30 days later you find out that the foundation is cracking because of the bent night soil and the house isn't built for that and it's going to be completely destroyed. How many of you say that's, yeah, that's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that the dream of, wow, we're going to get to do this and then it's not what I had hoped. Or how about taking your dream vacation to your dream destination and arriving at the same time as a hurricane? You know, all of a sudden, it's what you hoped for, it's what you bought clothes for, it's what everything you planned and packed is not going to happen now. It's over. And so those might be some fun things that we talk about, but there's also some really tough ones. 
You know, I know people who, when they had kids, they were thrilled, but the decisions of those kids have, have just destroyed these parents' lives. And it's hurtful, and it's painful, and they cry out to God to say, God, why? How could this happen? This is not what I expected. Or you have to bury your child. It's just not right for parents to have to bury their children. How many of you agree with that? Just not right. Where is God when all that's happening? I don't know. I know that He is available to us. I know sometimes in our lives we step out in faith believing God has a plan and we step out asking and, and it's sort of like people are saying, you've got to step out there, you've got to risk, you get out there. And when you do, it doesn't happen the way you thought. So what happens is we, we end up with a life that starts going into the wasteland. And, and all of a sudden questions about God, about His loyalty, His faithfulness. And before you know it, our, our bones are dry and our, our heart and our spirit gets a little calloused. And, and we're not sure what to do with that. And we kind of stop praying about things. And we try to listen, but we're not listening with our whole heart. On and on it goes. In relationships, and I thought marriage was going to be like this, and now it's not. Now we're not even in the same room, and I can't stand this person. I'm spending my life with What's wrong with this? How did this happen? It goes on and on. Um, that's, that's how I can end up in a dry wasteland place. The, an, another reason, secondly, in your outline there is when I make choices that move me away from God. When I, when I make willful choices, decisions that I know are not godly, would you ever do that, by the way? <laughs> of course you're going to say no, but you do it. It's amazing how you can know the right thing to do and not do it. And, and just sort of act innocent about it. Well, you know, I know, God, you're putting this in my heart, but it's not really... It, Jonah, I think, is the greatest example in Scripture probably of God saying, Go to Nineveh. Jonah's like, No. I'm not. And he gets on a boat and goes the opposite direction. Man, the waves get bigger and they throw everything. There's so much loss in that story. Not just of Jonah's, but everybody else. Do you know that everyone else can get hurt while you're running away from God, doing your little wasteland tour? It's true. A lot of people can get wounded while you're out there in the wilderness. And saying no to God is, I watch young couples, man. You know, teenagers, I want you to hear my heart today. I see, I see them, they get a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and, and that leads to this, and that leads to that, and all of a sudden they're compromising physically and the relationship. But, but, but I love him, but I love her. But I, you know, I love the, the idea that love can wait, lust cannot. And there's, there's a whole lot of principles in this that all of a sudden it, it goes into this situation where they, they'll tell you, I know what we're doing is not right. I meet adults who say, I, look, I know this isn't quite right, and I need, to, I need to get off of this, and I'm working on it. No, you're not. You're just thinking that you're going to work on it. And, and we need to just sometimes step back and say, I'm headed for the wasteland if I, if I continue to walk in disobedience to God. God cannot bless you when you know you are walking away from His will in your life. And so let's pay attention to that. Because, you know, when you just want to live on the wild side for a little while, you don't realize that those scars last forever. You don't realize that you can get bruised and wrecked. You end up in a dry wasteland, and all of a sudden you're saying, have you ever said this, what was I thinking? Or better yet, have you said it to someone else? What are you thinking? Man, we've been there. And sometimes that's what happens. So when I make decisions and choices that move me away from God... 
it's going to move me to a place I don't want to be. And I'm going to end up pretty alone and pretty devastated. And I'm going to do wilderness living for a while. Okay, the third thing I put down here was just a simple thought about um, hurtful events that remain unresolved in my life can really create wasteland times and experiences in my life. Have you ever been hurt by someone? Someone ever lied to you? Walked away from a promise? I, I know you have. That's part of life. And it's, it's a challenge because what do you do with that? What do you do when someone doesn't do what they said they would do and you're stuck? Someone you trusted again and you shouldn't have and you learned the hard way? Anybody lose any money because you trusted somebody? Anybody lose any time, energy, um, because you trusted somebody? Some of you are in relationships right now, and it's just it's a huge challenge for you because stuff that gets swept under the rug. I, we're good at it. I see I see families that perfect it. Where okay, it's Thanksgiving, so let's just put everything under the rug and let's all be happy family. Can't wait for them to leave tomorrow. Get them out of my house. That'll lead you to a dry wasteland. Because it's not authentic. You say, well, I've tried to talk. Well, keep, keep trying. And I realize you can't change them. But are you okay working on you? How has it impacted you? Are you bitter? Are you angry? Are, are you, have you become mean and callous? Are you throwing some words of your own out there? And are you part of the solution or part of the problem? It's, it's tough because these hurtful events leave doubt in us and anger in us and bitterness in us. Even tendencies toward isolation. Um, depression can follow. Illness can follow. I, it's kind of like one of those TV ads with all the disclaimers. Have you seen these? I'm not a big TV watcher too much, but man, I was watching the other day and, and uh, I, I actually had to just jot this down. This is one of those ads. That's real life is some medicine. I don't even remember what it was, but it said if you experience these symptoms while taking this product, and it listed it like back pain, headache, severe heart pains, stomach ache, nausea. If you have trouble breathing, or thoughts of suicide, <laughs> trouble with vision or balance, please stop taking this and call your doctor for these may be serious side effects. You might die. And then they have some little ending statement that says, oh, so there you go. Try it. Check it out and see how it affects you. Wow. Amazing. That dry wasteland has all those risks. Dry wasteland living puts you in a high-risk position with yourself and with others and with God and your workers, it's why people just put a gun to their head. It's why it's just over. They just lose all hope because they've been in the wasteland so long. And it's usually a combination of stuff that piles up. You know, some people, you meet them and it's just, it's piled up for their whole life. As a matter of fact, they might even say to you, if you ask them, how are you? Tell me your story. They'll say something like this. Well, it all started the day I was born. Right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Hey, don't look at anyone right now or poke them, okay? Just, don't. It is. It's crazy. I mean, I think these people were not happy in the womb. It's like, I want out of here. This is not what I asked for. I, I'm serious. There's just no way to please them. There's no way to make it better. Their lives are so dry and in such a place of wilderness living that 
All the odds are against them to ever get better. And that's why they need God. That's why I need God. That's why we need the river that only God can bring to us. Because He's the only one who can help us face our hurt and face our pain and go through the wasteland. And He can provide. He can renew what you've lost. He can renew the very things that have, have tried to destroy your life. Those rivers can come from God and they can restore you to becoming more than you were ever before you went to the wasteland. I've seen it. And, and today, some of you just need to really embrace this and hold on to the truth and hold on to a reality that says, I am not going to live another day in the wilderness and God, would you pour your rain on me? I want you, I'm asking you to make a difference in my life. Let's, let's move on. Let me just give you the last couple thoughts here. Number three in your outline is, is that the God who restores and refreshes. That's the kind of God we serve. He wants to pull you out of that dry place. He wants somehow to bring that rain and bring that river and cause it to flow again to restore what the enemy of your soul has taken out of you. There's a, there's a question that I'm sort of wrapping up with and the illustration that I want to use. Here's the question. It's in your notes. Will I receive or resist the rain? You know, you have a choice. You have a choice because God is willing to put the moisture back into your life, but at what point can you receive it? Have you ever met someone so hardened and so bitter that no one could break through? They wouldn't let anybody in? They couldn't even really feel real love if it was offered them to begin with? I, uh, I, I look at this and I'm just, I want to just show you something. This is, a, this is a, you see this water bottle. I don't usually drink from it when I'm up here, but it's a, Sort of in case I get stuck up here and need it. I'm a recycler, don't worry. I think I've had this about three years, okay? I'm not kidding. I refill it every weekend. But this, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, this is feeling a little hard, and so I'm going to put some moisture on this glass and, uh, and let it soak in here for a little bit. And so I want you to just watch as I pour a little water out onto this table. There we go. That, that'll that help it, you know, because it, it's gotten hardened. It seems a lot harder than it used to be. I don't know, but how long would we need to sit here to let that water soak in? It's not going to happen. It'll evaporate before it soaks in. Why? Because that table's hard. No way. I know people like that. It just doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter who loves them or how hard you try. Something made them as hard as glass. And you're not going to penetrate that. And they're holding on to their wound. And they so desperately need. They need God to create a river that fills them back up and takes that hardness of their spirit and puts moisture back into their life. I have a different thing here. It's not a hardened table. It's just a cloth. And it's, it's interesting because when you put water on this cloth, it 
It doesn't even, it's like a magic trick, huh? It doesn't, it doesn't even go anywhere except right into the cloth. Why? Because this can receive it. It's, 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 it's in a place where it can receive that moisture. And the moisture that someone else cannot receive. Guys, that's the call upon our lives. That when we are stuck in the wilderness for a season, we open our lives up and we say, God, I need your river. I'm hardened. I'm calloused. Will you make a river in a dry wasteland for my life? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the honesty. I just, I almost just sense it in the room that your spirit is just like brooding over us. And I am so glad. We welcome you in this place, Holy Spirit. Guys, the Holy Spirit is a real part of the deity. And he's, he's ministering to needs that people can't touch in your life right now. Open up and trust God to bring some healing to the dry wasteland of your life. Sometimes it's just admitting it. Sometimes it's owning the fact that you've become pretty hardened through time. and It doesn't matter if someone apologizes. It's not going to penetrate you. It doesn't matter what someone else... It's just... It could be a you problem. And I love you. I'm, I'm for you. But I know God can put a river back in you again. If you ask Him. Ask Him now, would you? Just ask Him now. Lord, take the hardness of my life, the stubbornness of my brain. Heal the relationships that I've almost thrown away. Let me lead the way, Lord. Thank you, God. Some of you just like to have a moment of action. If you're in a dry wasteland place in your life, would you lift your hand and let me just pray over you? Okay. God bless you. Lord, we pray for brothers and sisters like family in this room. That only you can restore. It's one thing for you to make a new path, but it's another for you to put moisture back into the hard ground of our lives. And so today, show us how to wait, how to be sensitive, how to be pliable in your hands. Cleanse us. Show us, God, the things that we can do in putting ourselves in a position to receive because we know that you're willing to pour that water, that richness back into our life. But don't let us be like that hardened table that just can't accept it. We accept forgiveness. We accept your peace. We accept grace. It's your work in us. Lord, for those who, just right now, it's just not raining much in their life, and there's a dryness, there's a shallowness in their spirit, and you want to take them to some deeper water, I just pray over them. If that's you, lift your hand. Just, God bless you. Lord, just take us to that place that you're calling us to. We love you. We thank you. We praise you all about you, Lord. And I just want to pray lastly for some of you that might be in one of these auditoriums that don't know personally the, the truth about Jesus Christ, the, the fact that he died for you, your sin. It's a fact. It's real. It requires faith. But if you're here without him, I need you to just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, 
by faith I come to you right now asking for forgiveness in my life. I can't earn it. You already paid the price. It's something you can do and I can't. And so I give you my life, my future. And I believe you're the Son of God and you died on that cross for me. I give you my future. Thank you for forgiveness. I accept it by faith and choose to walk from this day forward with you in my heart and life. Thank you, Lord. We love you so much. Amen. Amen. Wow. Love you guys. Proud of you. Thank God for you. Let's, uh, let's let God fill it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Hey, I'm going to ask, uh, in both auditoriums, we have a little situation with a little girl named Lauren, who is about seven years old. She has a black polka dot dress on, and um, we can't locate her. And so we're looking for her. And um, I'm sorry we don't have a last name. Uh, she's checked in at Kids Blast. If you are the parents of Lauren, could you meet us back at Kids Blast? And uh, we just want to make sure she's around here somewhere. We just want to make sure that we get all that connected. But could you just join me in praying over that right now that, that we can find Lauren? Lord, thank you for Lauren. And we just uh, believe she's fine. But we ask you to, uh, to just really right now lead us to her and um, let her know she's okay. And for parents and this family, we just ask your blessing. We thank you, God, that you are a God who does care about every detail in our lives. And as we walk out of here today, we do so knowing that sometimes in life we do feel lost. And sometimes we do have issues that are bigger than us. But we trust you fully. And we thank you today for your mercy and your grace. Send us out of here to make a difference for your glory. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Our prayer team is up here in both auditoriums. If you want to uh, prayer, come on up. Worship night, 6 o'clock tonight. We'll see you there. Go by the tables. Thanks for coming to Timberline. God bless you.